your creative work. Uh, it, was, it, was a really, it was a real delight and a joy. I, I want to invite you now this time to open your Bibles, if you would, to Colossians chapter 1. And certainly what took place in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago that the kids just told us about is indeed gloriously, is, is indeed glorious. Um, miraculously, God led Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem just in time for Jesus to be born and in doing so fulfilled a prophecy that Micah had made. On the very night of Jesus' birth, local shepherds were in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and we're told this, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now these shepherds hurried off to Bethlehem. And they, in fact, did find the baby just as they were told. And they were told some amazing things about this baby. A Savior is born. He is Christ, the Lord. Um, ever since Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, and all mankind stood guilty before God because of his own sin, and, and because of his sin, Adam's sin, and our own sin, God promised a Savior, and this child born to Bethlehem that night is the fulfillment of that promise to provide a Savior. Uh, this child born in Bethlehem that night would come and reveal the glory of the Father in a great way, and you can understand why the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. You can understand why the multitudes of angels said glory to God in the highest. So God the Father sent his one and only Son to seek and save the lost. He would suffer once for our sins there on the cross, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us back to God. God tells us, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God also says, repent and believe the gospel that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Uh, Jesus invites us when he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus was the good news of great joy because 
He is the way to be brought back to a right relationship with God. Through faith in Jesus, you can have the forgiveness of sin. And through faith in Jesus, you can have the promise of eternal life. This indeed is a glorious thing. But I want to suggest for you this morning that what happened in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago is even better than what you might have once thought. Today, I want you to consider Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Here, we, we learn three precious truths about this baby that was born to be Savior. And what we learn here in this text today really helps us to see that this, this gift of Jesus that was born some 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem that the kids just told us about really is far more glorious than you might have even thought. This passage helps us to really think and believe the right things about this baby Jesus. Now, as, as we look at verse 15, we see that Jesus, this one born in Bethlehem, is the image of the invisible God. Verse 15 starts by saying, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now, as the image of the invisible God, Jesus is the exact representation or likeness of God. Jesus is the manifestation of God in the flesh. To see him is to see the Father. Through knowing Jesus, we can know the very character and the very nature and the very being of God. When we see Christ and know Christ, we see and know God. Uh, in John chapter 1, verse 18, John says this, No one has ever seen God, the only God who has at the Father's side, he, that is Jesus, has made him known. In other words, Jesus being God in the flesh has revealed God to us. Remarkable, Jesus. This one born some 2,000 years ago is fully God and fully man. But, but that's not all. He's also the firstborn of all creation. Now, Paul's not saying the Son came into existence when born in a stable because God the Son has always existed in eternity with the Father and the Spirit. But being firstborn it also is not speaking of first in time or the first one created. Rather, being firstborn speaks of Jesus having all of the rights and the privileges and the authority of a firstborn son. Uh, and in his case, he has the preeminence over all creation. He ranks supreme over all creation. That's this baby that was born in a manger some 2,000 years ago. Jesus came to earth, left the glories of heaven, as Tony read earlier, to be our Savior. But he did it as God in the flesh. He was given authority over creation, and yet he came willing to die, to lay down his life for the sheep. But there's more. The second thing we see here is that Jesus is also 
the creator of the universe, verse 16, for by him or in him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or, or authorities. All things were created through him or for him. So I want us to spend some time here because I want you to think the right thoughts about this baby that was born in the manger some 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ is not just a good man and he's not just a prophet as many false religions assert. No, Jesus is, Jesus is the creator of the universe. Genesis 1.26 says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now this passage is not teaching that there are three gods, but there is in fact one true God made up of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So God, the Son, was active in creating the universe. Also, John 1, 1 through 3 teaches that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Uh, later in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, we see the same thing taught so clearly again when it says, In these last days, he that's God spoken has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So all the way through Scripture, we are told that Jesus, this baby born in the manger, some 2,000 years ago, is in fact the agent of all creation. Now, back in Genesis 1, verse 16, we're told that all things were created by Christ. Things in heaven, things on earth. This includes things that we see with our eyes, such as the mountains and the birds and the animals. Um, th think about this. Did you know that there are over 800,000 different types of insects known and cataloged today. Finn, did you know that? Over 800,000 different types of insects and uh, types of insects cataloged, known and cataloged today. That, that includes mosquitoes and Asian beetles, and I think someday we'll maybe understand their purpose. I don't at the current moment. Um, this creation also includes our entire galaxy. Uh, one, one commentator says this, and it's a lengthier quote, but it's fascinating to think about this. The, the sheer size of the universe is staggering. The sun, for example, has a diameter of 864,000 miles. That is 100 times that of the earth and could hold 1.3 million planets the size of the Earth inside of it. Now, the star Betelgeuse, however, has a diameter of 100 million miles, which is larger than the Earth's orbit around the sun. Um, it takes sunlight traveling at 186,000 miles per second about eight and a half minutes to reach the earth. Yet that same light 
would take more than four years to reach the nearest star, Alpha Centauri, some 24 trillion miles from the Earth. The, the galaxy to which our sun belongs, the Milky Way, contains hundreds of billions of stars. Uh, the astro astronomers estimate there are millions or even billions of galaxies. <laughs> what they can see leads them to estimate the number of stars in the universe at 10 to the 25th power. That is roughly the number of all of the grains of sand on all of the world's beaches. End of quote. Now, I say all of that to say this. Our mind, we, we have such a puny view of God in our minds compared to what he really is like. His greatness is far greater than we can even begin to imagine. He, Jesus, created things that we see with our eyes. He created things that we don't see. He has created thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities. Um, this list can include political rulers. Certainly, other places in Scripture teaches us clearly that God raises up and tears down all of the world's political figures. And they are all used to accomplish his good purposes. But here, in verse 16, I think the main focus is on the unseen world of angels. Um, some teach from this passage a particular hierarchy of angels, and that could be Paul's intent, but I think he really wants us to see all of the unseen forces, whether great in rank or least in rank, are, are created by Christ, and all are subject to him as well. Now, I'm fascinated with the, the use of three prepositions here in this verse, for we're told for by him or in him, all things were created. So in, in the person, in the authority of Jesus Christ, all things were created. He, he was the first cause of creation. Jesus made the creation come into being from nothing. He spoke it into existence. And then at the end of verse 16, we read, all things were created through him and for him. So in him, through him, and for him, all things were created. Christ was the agent of creation, and it was for him. One commentator says this, creation is for, creation, creation is for Christ in the sense that he is the end for which all things exist, the goal toward whom all things were intended to move. They are meant to serve his will, to contribute to his glory. Their whole being willingly or unwillingly moves to him, whether as blissful servants they shall be, as it were, his throne, or as his stricken enemies, his footstool, end of quote. Revelation 4.11 says, worthy says this of Jesus, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. I, I just want you to think a little bit bigger 
about this baby that was born in a manger some 2,000 years ago. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the creator of all things. Verse 17 says he's the sustainer of the universe. Um, and he is before all things, and in, and in him all things hold together. That is, Jesus is also the sustainer of the universe. Jesus did not create the universe and then leave it to run on its own, as deism wrongly asserts. No, Jesus created all things, and he is the one who keeps it running. He keeps the sun, the exact distance away from the earth so that it gives the right amount of light and heat. He keeps the earth spinning on its axis at the right speed so that we don't go flying off into outer space. We, we often think of political rulers and countries as having so much power and the political pulse around the world seems at times so, so complicated and volatile um, and yet we know that Jesus puts rulers and kings in power and he takes them out of power to accomplish his perfect plan. The COVID pandemic didn't surprise Jesus. From, from our perspective, life seems so chaotic at times, out of control at times, because sin has complicated the world and made it a hard place to live, but we can be assured of this. Jesus Christ is in complete control of this world, and his perfect plan for the world is moving ahead unhindered. Um, we also know that Jesus holds life in his hands. Um, modern medicine can do a lot of things to affect the quality of life, but no one can adequately explain the life principle. Um, my, my mother died at the age of 62 after 17 months of battling cancer. My dad died at the age of 88 after many, many years, if not decades, of, of heart disease. But um, I'm convinced by scripture that they did not die one second before or after the time that Christ had determined for them to die. Uh, their life and their death were in the hands of Jesus. And I rest, I rest in that. Certainly I miss them, um, but because of the grace of Jesus given to me, I don't need to resent their death or grow bitter because of their death. I'm not without hope. Um, when I don't understand things in life, and there's a lot of things I don't understand in life, I do know that I can trust in the person and the character of Jesus Christ. Our, our lives are in his hands. In, in fact, all of creation is in God's hands. If you read the book of Job, you will see that Satan could do nothing to Job without permission from God. Everything that Job experienced, a man who experienced great suffering, um, Job is synonymous with suffering. He was a righteous man who suffered. And yet everything that Job experienced first came through the hands of his loving Father in heaven. 
and that truth um, helps us to understand how Romans 8.28 really can be true, and it's this, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Uh, Jesus Christ, uh, again, I'm, I, I'm speaking about a passage of, of Scripture that maybe doesn't have a whole lot to do about Christmas. But what it does tell us is about that person that we celebrate, the person who was born some 2,000 years ago, that babe in the manger. This is the one that we're talking about this morning, that he is all-powerful, he is good, he is wise, he is love. Jesus holds all things together. And because of that, we can trust him in the midst of problems, we, we can find great comfort in the truth that Jesus holds all things together. What happened in Bethlehem is good news of great joy. A Savior came to seek and save the lost. The mission, or that of the gospel, indeed reveals the glory, the beauty, the wonder of God. More, more than you might think, that Savior who was born in Bethlehem it was, in fact, God. God in the flesh. God stooped down and took on the flesh of man and lived among us. It's an amazing thing. He, he in fact, was the creator of the universe. He is, in fact, the sustainer of the universe. In, in him, in Jesus, all things hold together, don't fly apart. There's hope. There's hope because of Jesus. Indeed, it's fitting. It was fitting for the multitude of angels to proclaim glory to God in the highest. It's like the, the, their desire was to ascribe glory to his name in the greatest way possible. Today, for you and me, as we think about this message that the kids told us about today, of this baby being born there in the manger, um, it's fitting for you and me to put our faith in Jesus, to understand who he is and that he was born to die. Uh, we have here both a nativity and a cross to really symbolize the fact that Jesus came to this earth. He was born, took on the flesh of man to die on the cross to provide the atonement for our sins so we can be forgiven. God can forgive us without violating his justice and he calls us and commands us to repent and to put our faith in Jesus. So when we repent, we, we turn from doing our own thing and we turn to King Jesus and we recognize his authority. We recognize the work that he did on the cross was sufficient to wipe away all of the guilt of my sin. And when we trust in him alone, we can be forgiven and given the gift of eternal life. That is cause for great joy. But life doesn't end there. Life begins there. And it's fitting for you not only to put your faith in Jesus, it's fitting for you to trust him every day of your life. Um, I, I don't know all of you here this morning uh, intimately. I don't know all of the details of your life, but I do know this pretty I'm pretty safe to say this, that 
you probably face some difficult days. You probably face some problems. Uh, we, we live in a world that is cursed with sin, and it's ugly. And at times, it can be difficult. And, and yet, we have been given, if, if we trust in Jesus as our Savior, we're given this relationship with the true and living God, and we can trust him, and he cares for us, and he walks with us. And he doesn't abandon us, and we're able to, to live with the very strength that he provides. So it's fitting for you in response to the birth of Jesus and the, the gift of Jesus to put your faith in him, to trust him in every circumstance in life. Lots of things we don't understand, but we can trust him. But it's also fitting to worship him. Um, we, we're, we're called to respond to the Christmas story. Um, it's not just a sentimental thing that is nice to hear and makes us feel warm inside. We're, we're called to respond with worship, um, to listen to the truth that is revealed in the Christmas story, to, to put our faith in Jesus, to trust him, but then to declare his praise and, and to say, God, you are worthy, Jesus, you are worthy to be preeminent in my life, to be central in my life, to be more important to me than anyone else. I want to I wanna follow you. I want to learn from you. I want to obey you. I want to worship you. I want to I lift high your name. And so I invite you to do that even today. We're going to close with, if the musicians want to come, we're going to close with one final song. And, and certainly... When we sing, it's an opportunity to worship. Um, we worship through singing. But all of life is really an exercise of worship. All of life is meant to make Jesus central, to, to make Jesus the most weighty person in our life, where what he says, what he thinks, what he deserves is worth more than anything else. And uh, so I invite you to stand. I'm going to pray, and we're going to, just close with one song as an opportunity to worship together. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the kids who worked hard, for the adults who were diligent in preparing the kids for um, communicating the message of Christmas today in a creative way. We're, we're thankful for them, and we're thankful for the good news of the birth of Jesus. But Father, I, I pray that you would help all of us just to pause and, and, and just to, to remember and to reflect on the fact that Jesus was more than just a baby. He was, he was God in the flesh. He came to make God known to us. He is, in fact, the creator and the sustainer of all things. He is the one that holds our life in his hands. Father, help us to be a people who live by faith in Jesus, who trust Jesus even in the midst of life's problems. Help us to be a people that want to worship you in spirit and in truth, that want to lift high your name, that want to make much of you, that want to follow you. Help us even now to respond in worship, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
few announcements. Don't forget about the diaper drive uh, that's coming up. And uh, it is the Christmas season, five o'clock Christmas Eve, we'll have a, a service here. Uh, and that's a Saturday, which means Christmas Day is a Sunday, and Sunday is still the Lord's Day, so we will have a Christmas Day service. We will not have the usual uh, Sunday school or anything like that, just a 10.30 start time. Uh, we do have some of these uh, little flyers or cards out on the round table in the lobby. Uh, give them to your neighbor, your coworkers, your family and friends. Uh, don't put them in the mailbox uh, unless you put a stamp on them. That's illegal to walk over. But do that. Encourage people to come to hear not just about a baby, um, but about the creator of the universe. Um, with that... Uh, I ask you to receive the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen.